Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The phenomenal Football Friday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, awesome to be here with you on the BetQL Network. Awesome first two hours of the show and an awesome two hours still to come. Awesome guest interviews with Brad Evans, Sam Paniadovich, Colin Wilson, and Joey Kanish. Also a little P-squared, B-squared to start the show on the Eagles at Tampa Bay next Monday night. I kind of like Tampa a little bit of what I think the number's going to open in that game. We'll talk about that more coming up on a magnificent football Monday and on the Vikings and the Chargers next week in Minnesota. Anthony Lynn and Mike Zimmer, if only you guys were still around. What a game this would be to bet on with the Vikings. They tease the underdog up and you just win if those were the two coaches. We'll talk about that game coming up on Monday. Awesome two hours still to come as well. Lochmas, 20 minutes from now. Ken Barkley's entire card for week number three in college football. 12 bets. That was the total yesterday. We'll find out if Ken has added to the ledger. At least 12 bets coming your way in the next segment. Lockmas coming up in 20 minutes. And then we will begin the big-ass power hour, giving you all our bets for tonight. And side and total analysis for every single game on the board. Week 2 NFL Sunday. And we'll bring you the updated line, whatever we get here with the Colts and the Texans. With Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, a late addition to the injury report today. With the shoulder, does it matter if he's out? What's the difference between him and Davis Mills? We will have the all of these conversations coming up 40 minutes from now. Now, we've done a ton of football on the show today. Now, let's transition. We'll, uh, we'll do some football. Uh, we had a week absence from our next guest because uh, soccer was on the international break last week. So it's great to welcome him back to the show. And that is our good friend, our ace soccer handicapper, the great Anthony DeBundo from the Action Network um, on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Um, and also, Anthony, at the end, we've decided to call it like the random European game will be where in the world is Anthony DeBundo? Like Carmen San Diego. It's going to be awesome. Ken and I will sing it later. We'll see whose question it is when we get there. Uh, but it's going to be great. Uh, welcome back to the show, my friend. How's it going? How you been? And uh, excited for the games this weekend? Yeah, it worked out well. You know, we got like a international break right at the heart of NFL starting. So that was nice. Reset. Figure out what we learned in the first month of the season. What, what What's real, what's not. And now we, we get into another, you know, good month period here. We finally get the Champions League back next week. So there's a lot of excitement. Uh, and, and this is really the unofficial official start of the season because now we have the transfer window closed. And, and like I said, Europe coming back this week. Anthony also reminded me that I, I have some like making up to do to him because I, I remember we talked after week one of college football. He came on, on on Friday and man, I had like a really good week one and we get off the air and he goes, just like, what's your favorite bet? I'll just like bet it. Like, what do you really like? And I go, South Alabama against Tulane, like love them. Like they're going to win. Smoked. Like everything else won. Basically in South Alabama, one of the worst bets like ever that there's ever been. So I'm sorry. We'll try to do better. We'll do lock miss second. We got, we got a lot of picks. We'll try to give, try to find something a little bit more valuable. I will uh, let's try to make today. some money in the Premier League also. And like, I don't follow this very closely, but I know there are like a couple of teams that are near the top of the table, like Manchester City, obviously, like they never lose. And Liverpool is one of those teams, right, that's near the top of the table. And I look at the market, and when I think of the teams that are in that top tier, I'm like, they're probably really big favorites, and they're probably expected to score a lot of goals. And that's true. Uh, Liverpool Liverpool playing Wolves, they are a massive favorite, and the total is like three, three and a half. Uh, what do we like in this match? Yeah, so I'm going after the derivative market a little bit. Uh, you have to dig to find this, but you can find a Wolves to score in the first half at plus 150, uh, as high as plus 160 out there. I'm good with it down to plus 140. Uh, look, Wolves have changed everything this year. They they have lost a lot of their talent, but have actually changed the way they're playing and gotten some more production out of guys that had you know down years last year. So they bring in Gary O'Neill the week before the season. The coach they had, Lopetegui, leaves. They bring in O'Neill and they become less of a defensive possession team. We're going to have the ball and do nothing. And they become much more of a transition team. We're going to attack 
we're going to win the ball high, and we're going to you know get the ball to Pedro Neto, who two years ago was one of the best players in the Premier League, most underrated players. Last year, hurt. This year, comes back, playing at a much higher level now, back to full fitness, and he's been huge for this attack, which has been really good and underrated. They've played some good matches against good teams. Brighton, Man United, uh, they had a good win against Everton, uh, and scored twice against Crystal Palace, which is a pretty good defense. So this is a Wolves attack that is showing some real life, and I'm really believing in it as something that could be decent going forward. Meanwhile, Liverpool defensively still dealing with some issues here. Trent Alexander-Arnold out at right back. Virgil van Dijk still suspended. Uh, I shouldn't say totally out on Alexander-Arnold because he is still questionable, but Klopp suggested he's probably not playing. And then uh, they will get Kanate back. But this Liverpool defense, if you look at some of the other numbers that go into uh, you know chances conceded, whether it's how many times do you let teams into your penalty area, how many times do you let teams into your final third, uh, how many crosses are you allowing into the box? All of these are pretty bad for Liverpool. So they haven't conceded a ton of goals this year, but the underlying profile of their defense, pretty concerning. Anthony, I'm really excited to hear your handicap and your thoughts on this Newcastle-Brentford game coming up on Saturday. You know, Newcastle makes the Champions League last year like a top-four finish, and I think there was like a lot of optimism around Newcastle this season. Uh, that has not yet you know, manifested itself in the form of points or like a great spot in the table where Newcastle only three points here, like a one-and-three mark through four games. Uh, they are a favorite coming up at home against Brentford this way, and Brentford's uh, in the, uh, the number eight in the table right now, top ten right now in the EPL table. Newcastle is favored here, uh, total about three, like two and a half at BetMGM, juiced way over. It's so probably total about three in the game. What about Newcastle and Brentford on Saturday? Yeah, you know, Newcastle got the short end of the stick from the schedulers. They they drew, uh, you know, they get Villa at home the first game, which is not an easy game, but they win it. Then they go to Man City. They lose. No shame in that. They play Liverpool at home. They're, they're winning most of that match until they, they blow it in the final five minutes up a man. Pretty embarrassing loss. But again, Liverpool's Liverpool. Then they go to Brighton, a very difficult place to win. And they lose 3-1. So they've had a really tough start to the season. But they've also had an interesting start in the sense that what we kind of didn't know about Newcastle was as teams backed off them a little bit, let them have the ball, and took away space in behind for them to run into, how good would they be? If teams started treating them like the big boys, would they be effective? We haven't seen it because they haven't played any teams that are on that level. Brentford is going to do that. Brentford's going to cause, I think, problems for Newcastle going forward in the sense that Newcastle wants uh, you know, to be able to run and, and play play people in behind, win the ball high. Brentford's going to let Newcastle have the ball. They're going to be the ones that are playing balls in behind Newcastle's defense. Uh, and Brentford, you know, over the last two-plus years, there's been a constant push and pull with the market on this team because the fundamentals of Brentford, how much their club squad is worth, uh, what their history is, suggest they should really be in the relegation picture. And the market keeps pricing them like they're going to regress and they're going to fall off. They can't keep doing this every year. Now Tony is suspended, their star striker. And Every year, they continue to outrun the market and, and really beat the market. They've been the most profitable team in the league each of the last two years, and I think it's going to be uh, the case again this year. They're the number one team in expected goals created without their star striker. Do I think they're going to be that good? No, but I think they're good enough to uh, take Brentford plus one here and dare Newcastle to beat them, get margin. I don't know that they can do it right now. Anthony, let's go to Sunday to talk about Everton-Arsenal. Uh, Everton's played four matches, haven't recorded a win yet. Big dog in this match against Arsenal. Uh, total, I think, about three, uh, two and a half, three in the match. What about this one? Do you, could you see Everton getting their first win, or, or this is Arsenal easily? I think Everton's going to be tough on Sunday. Uh, I like a bunch of dogs this weekend. Generally trend to lean that way, and I think that they're certainly live. You know, it's funny. When Arsenal got the late winner against Man United, and I had Arsenal in that game, I felt a little fortunate I, I pulled up the schedule. I was like, who does Arsenal play after the break? And, of course, at Everton comes up on the schedule. And I'm like, well, I, I have a feeling I know where I'm going to end up on that game. 
Everton's been, you know, it's been a joke at this point how much they've missed big scoring chances to start the year. They've the biggest underperformers in the league by a wide margin. Now, on one hand, they did the same thing last year. On the other hand, they might be getting some key players back for this matchup. So they signed Beto from Udinese. He had his debut last outing. It was their best attacking performance of the season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin might be wearing a face mask, might be available off the bench, might start. He could be a big addition. And Jack Harrison is also in the mix to potentially make his Everton debut. All three of these guys would be pretty big upgrades over what they were playing in the first few matches of the season. So I do expect some offensive improvement. And look, Arsenal has not been firing at the level we saw Arsenal last year. A lot of the story of, of their last year was that they got incredible seasons from their three big attackers. Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard all finished well above XG, all took a huge leap at the same time. And there was always the chance that maybe, just maybe, they would kind of cool a little bit and this attack would really not be at the elite level without having that true top striker. And that's been the case thus far. They're 10th in XG and I think they're a little overvalued in the market. Uh, this week, and then heading into next week's derby against Spurs. I think they're a little overvalued as well. So uh, going to be looking to play against Arsenal a little bit here coming out of the break. And a really nice start to the season for Anthony's uh, Tottenham Hotspur. You better you better hear with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Talking the English Premier League. We'll get to where in the world is Anthony DeBundo coming up in a moment with Anthony on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Um, Anthony, for people that like even if you just follow soccer on a casual basis, right? And let's say you follow a lot of like the big Instagram accounts that, that, that put out soccer news or Twitter accounts that put out soccer news. I think through one of the prevailing stories over the international break in club soccer was like, what the hell's going on with Manchester United? Like as Eric Ten Hag, like the, the former Ajax manager in year two at Old Trafford, has he kind of like lost the plot here? Like ownership concerns, like the fact that Old Trafford needs to be modernized at some point. Like this was once like the model, maybe at all a professional sport when Sir Alex was running the show. Now it's like kind of a cluster right now with Manchester United and they're playing this week. I know a team that you were very high on to start the season and obviously they played very well to start the season as well in Brighton. What are you doing here with Manchester United and Brighton? Yeah, you mentioned it. You know, Man United, uh, from a club perspective, is a mess. Uh, and, you know, their on-field performances have not been great. Uh, they went down 2-0 to Forest, came back to win that match. They barely held on against Wolves. They lost away to Arsenal, lost away to Spurs uh, in, in matches where they pretty much collapsed late. So, you know, there are real questions about United. There's reasons to be somewhat optimistic because I think they're going to get Hoyland in there, their striker that they signed for a lot of money from Atalanta. He's going to come in and kind of fill what's been a hole at the club for a long time now and striker, and, and we'll see how good he is. I think there's, you know, the jury's still out on that. Uh, and But they're, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries defensively right now and all of the issues. I mean, Mason Greenwood situation where they tried to bring him back into the team. They, met, they got met with so much of a PR nightmare that they basically said, never mind, and completely changed course. And then cast him off to Spain. Then Anthony now, their their star right winger, they spent 100 million pounds on, uh, had a pretty bad first season, and now is, uh, you know, domestic violence charges potentially in Brazil. So he's away from the team. Jaden Sancho, another guy they spent over 80 million pounds on from Dortmund, supposed to be one of the England star boys. He is calling out the manager after matches. So this whole situation is a bit of a weird, weird one. But the reality on the pitch is that United's been horrendous defensively. Horrendous, horrendous. And I don't see it getting a ton better in this matchup against Brighton. The Seagulls have been very open themselves. They've conceded a ton of big scoring chances. But here's the thing. United wants to be the best transition team in the world. That's what Ten Hag said. We want to be the best counterattacking team. But are they really going to set up that way at home against Brighton? 
I don't know how much the fans are going to appreciate that if they're letting Brighton have 60, 65% of the ball against them and playing, uh, you know, kind of more passive approach. So it's a really interesting matchup. I like Brighton. I think uh, they're better to bet on the money line now because uh, I think this game has a pretty wide variance of outcomes. So, you know, the goals, given the situation, I'm going to back them as a road dog. I think they're the better team. You can get over two to one on them. Anthony, to close, we, uh, we always ask you at the end of your uh, your appearances on our show for like a, a random bet, something that's not primarily, it could be from like any country in Europe, could be from something outside of Europe if you really want to. And we didn't like workshop this before the show, but we basically figured out that we're going to call this segment, where in the world is Anthony DeBundo, mm-hmm. kind of like where in the world is Carmen Diego, And then we both kind of sang it when we did it. So Nick, I kind of, I'll leave it up to you. Like I, I can just sing it and tee him up on it. Should we, should we get something like built for this? To play, I like what so. should what should we do here? What do you think? Yeah, maybe like a little Rockapella spinoff or something. Yeah. Honestly, I hate to say it, but our our guy Bill Matz who's now doing great work for our friends over yeah. at Philly Sports, like covering Philly. I I think we need we need to contact Bill to do something here with where right. in the world is Anthony Debundo? And it's usually like um, a big the, the deep bass guy who's like Anthony Debundo. Like he usually does that at the he? end. That's, yeah. Anthony, <laughs> now where is he? Anthony, you got about forty five seconds for this yeah. to close. Okay, here. Gum shoes. Uh, yeah. Give us a give us a random bet. Double trouble in jail. <laughs> a random bet, please, for this weekend in European soccer. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on these now. You know, we hit the first two: uh, Gladbach against Bayern. You know, uh, Bochum under against Dortmund. Not as ugly this week. I'm actually going to bet an over, two and a half goals, and we're going to uh, Milan for the Milan derby. So Inter Milan plays AC Milan this weekend in Italy. Uh, it's going to be a really fun matchup because both teams, of course, there's the rivalry between them. They met in the Champions League semifinal. They're both have uh, you know been you know challenging for the title the last few years. They're both undefeated, perfect record, nine for nine for the points, three straight wins for both teams. And I love what both teams have done with their attack in the off season. Christian Pulisic joins AC Milan to help boost an attack that was pretty much a one man show last season with Liao. Pulisic is a big upgrade. Ruben Loftus Cheek comes in. He, some Premier League fans would know, comes in in kind of like an attacking midfield role. He's been really good bringing the ball into the penalty area, getting his feet in the area as well. And then Inter kind of ditched the old dudes. Lukaku, Sia, Jeko, Sia. We brought in Marcus Taram from Motion Gladbach, and he's been a dynamite pairing with uh, Lautaro Martinez, who already has five goals this year. Inter also ditched Brozovic, their, their central defensive midfielder, and they're playing a very flawed system, I think, that could leave them more open to giving up goals. So, uh, you know, as much as they've been great going forward, I do think there's some regression coming from this defense. So over two and a half, minus 110 in the Milan Derby this weekend. So uh, the answer to where in the world is Anthony DeBondo is, yeah. is Italy. And I was there a couple I, I would love ago. to actually be there. Unfortunately, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Philly, yeah. although Philly sports launching. It's an exciting, exciting week in Philadelphia media. Well, well I'm, in, I'm in Staten Island. Kensington, Connecticut. Yeah. I think we'd all rather be. We'd all rather be in Italy. Yeah, Milan Anthony, sounds great good. job. Yeah. Milan sounds awesome. Anthony, great job, man. Best of luck with the bets this week. We'll talk to you next week here on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. The great Anthony Devundo here on You Better You Bet. How about our guy Bill Matz with Philly Sports? I gotta love yeah. our guy Bill Matz. Support Bill at Philadelphia One on Twitter. Lockness coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.